Today is September 29th, 2020. This is episode 38 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. Okay, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about RSS. That is the really simple syndication standard, which has been a part of my life for, I think, over a decade now, or at least coming up on a decade. Um, this, if you haven't heard of RSS, um, you probably grew up or like either you haven't used computers kind of in depth recently in the last, say, five years, or you are not that interested in reading on the web because um, for people who read on the web, RSS is kind of the de facto thing. It's like it's like getting mail um, from newsletters, except it's just for the web. And basically, if you publish a news um, website or a blog or a podcast or something, you have to like RSS is the publishing standard that you have to use. And Honestly, I find it actually kind of hard to describe what RSS is if you don't already know. Like, I find it hard not only to to describe what it is, but to describe its value. And the way that I can, the only way that I can really describe it, because it's, I guess it's kind of the way that I came into it, was I heard about this product called Google Reader. And it was, it gave you a way to check in on websites, to check in on, on like some, web service without needing to visit that website. And you could do the same thing for dozens of websites, like rather than needing to go to the website to see what had been published and like check the homepage and see what was trending and all that. Anytime a website published a post that you had a subscription to, they would send it to you too into your Google Reader. And the way they would do that is by updating their RSS feed. And if you've ever subscribed to a podcast, you're intimately familiar with this because uh, podcasts are based on RSS. And so it's basically, if if you are an extremely modern person and um, didn't grow up reading on the web like I did, um, you would probably be able to think of RSS as podcasting for blogs, maybe. Um, but it the the idea is imagine if your podcast if rather than needing to go to the like you had to go to a podcaster's website in order to go and download manually download the audio file that they posted um just imagine if that was the way that you listen to podcasts like you'd listen to so many fewer podcasts you cuz you can't keep track of all of it and the only way like if the only way you knew that a, somebody even released a podcast was either going to their website or like following their twitter feed or something you would undoubtedly miss way more unless it was like your family member or close friends podcast or like your favorite celebrity or whatever um you just can't it's it's a it's really a content aggregation vehicle podcasting apps and rss feed readers um and like if you haven't tried one i would encourage you and and you read online i would encourage you to try one because like it's it's life-changing not having to rely on algorithms to do this um aggregation for you or like surfacing of things on twitter or facebook or whatever um it's a way to follow publications or things that you trust in terms of news organizations in terms of things you're interested in um for with relation to personal stuff or hobbies or all that um and even in relation to work if you work in a field that you need to kind of keep up on the news with it having rss connected to the various websites or things that you need to read um is just absolutely essential and um 
So, yes, I'm going to delve a little bit into the history of RSS. So I would encourage you to read up on this if you don't know much about RSS. But um, basically, there were RSS clients. There have been for a long time. It's not exactly new. Like it came up, the RSS standard kind of grew up with the web, um, along with the Atom standard, which was another kind of feed standard. And one company, as as tends to be the case with things in technology in like the 90s and 2000s, um, Google was the biggest, by far the biggest company to do RSS reading um, and do it really, really well. And they had a product, which I mentioned already in this episode, called Google Reader, um, which was, was, was a not, I mean, by the standards of the time, I guess it was pretty good, but like a pretty... Um, minimalist website. There wasn't much going on there. All it would basically do is present you a list of feeds. And I think you could probably put them into folders and you could like add a star to remember that you wanted to, to um, highlight this one. And like you could save favorites and mark as read and unread and all that. Um, <clears throat> basically similar to what you'd see in a pot in a, like a decent podcast app today. But um, imagine the web design kind of theme of late 90s early 2000s like it was very plain but it was very useful and this project uh, if you go back and read the history of google reader it was basically a project of one or two people's um 20 time so google has this inc absolutely incredible policy that i think all companies should adopt um which basically let let google employees dedicate 20 percent of their time to projects that were not like directly under their job description or under their purview and i I don't know exactly the history of that and whether you needed to report like you needed to basically say, hey, I want to spend my 20 percent time on this or if you could kind of go off in any direction you wanted. Um, maybe there was like a time limit involved. But anyways, um, that's a beautiful policy. And it led to this thing called Google Reader, which, like I said, it it never really got the star treatment from Google. It was always this thing that millions of people and especially a lot of journalists and people on the Web absolutely relied upon to, like I said, to read websites, to keep up with their news and information. And honestly, I am still extremely salty about the loss of Google Reader. It was just so good. It was, it, it was the first really good app that I used at a time when apps were not a thing. It was, this was just a website. And man, I, it's so, so sad that, that, um, the very best product we had in a category disappeared almost overnight. Like it wasn't, they basically, I think it was like the spring or something. They said, this is going away in July. And, and everybody that used it was like, what are you doing? Like, I would pay you for this. This is a free minimalist service. And I would literally pay you for it because it's so, it was so good. It was so necessary. It was just Google reader was just such a rock solid product that didn't need like flashy bells and whistles because it did what it did. So, so, so well. Um, I just remember reading, like I'm, I was not, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a publisher. Like I'm not a big publisher. I do use RSS every day now with, with publishing this feed for this show. Um, but like you look today, you look in 2020 at the amount of resources that are going into podcasts that are going into making video, like video and audio are such relatively high bandwidth services and the thought that because the only real reason that, that um, anyone could think of at the time of Google Reader um, being killed, like the product being killed, was that it was too resource intensive for Google. But like if you look at YouTube, which will host any size of video for any person for absolutely free, 
it, I just don't understand how there couldn't have possibly been something for, for Google Reader. Even if you kept it around and it was only for G Suite or at the time Google Apps members, like it doesn't make any sense to take it away. I don't understand what what resources or what kind of thing they were getting back from taking it away from people. It just doesn't make sense to me. And I would love like if there is a book or podcast series or Netflix show about what happened to Google Reader, like an oral history or something. Oh, my God, I would read that because I don't understand. And like, it seems absolutely unbelievable. The number of people that still talk about Google Reader, like if you bring up Google Reader in the right circles on the web, um, you like everybody misses it. Everybody wishes it was back. Um, and so like that's kind of where we're coming from when when I talk about um, how I use RSS today and all that, it, it's basically informed by um, what Google Reader was. And so that's how, like still to this day, that's how you that's how I have to compare um, RSS products is are they good compared to what Google Reader gave you? The only other theory that's possible for the, the death of Google Reader, um, which I was thinking about last night as I was preparing for this episode, is that basically using an interface like Google Reader strips out everything annoying about the web, which is good, but it also strips out everything monetizable about the web, or at least um, in kind of the the mid to early um, 2010s, it stripped out everything that was monetizable about the web. Things have changed quite a bit, and um, there's a lot more popular and kind of viable uh, subscription options for, for web things like publications and that. Um, but like Google's business, it's, it's more clear now than ever that Google's business is advertising and in, in, in RSS, it is, it is actually possible to have RSS ads. Like you can inject ads into your RSS and Google reader supported that, but it was, it was just not, um, things like cookies, things like trackers, um, that, that are stripped out of RSS. You, you don't like you definitely register page views and that kind of thing on RSS because um, you can you can track your web traffic through RSS because people are still RSS readers are still pinging your servers to get the the content, but um, all the stuff around the stories themselves, all the <laughs> what I'm going to say annoying things that um, websites do to keep you reading longer to get you clicking on the next article, to have you accidentally click on an ad or click on something that seems like an ad, um, they're all gone from RSS. They're all taken out. And so what you end up with is you end up with a web, uh, the website without the website stuff. You just have the text and the images and whatever. And it honestly kind of feels like this might have been a push from, from Google for advertising and from a big websites saying, like, listen, we... RSS is valuable, like it's really valuable. We actually use it ourselves, for example, in, in most news publications. But we don't want the everyday person knowing that this product exists because uh, we want to be able to follow them around the web using cookies and all that kind of stuff. And RSS just doesn't offer us that. And it like that's a deal breaker for us. Um, that like that's such a weird conspiracy theory thing. But it's like that's that's the only other option, really. I can't think of uh, like a good unless the person or people, a couple people that were working on Google Reader, like left the company or something, and they just didn't have the technical expertise to, like, there was some kind of technical debt or something in the in the programming that they just had to. I don't know. Honestly, I could sit here all day conjecturing, and I and I likely will for the rest of the day. Now, now that I, once I'm done this episode, that's all I'm going to do. Um, 
But basically, RSS is amazing, and I would encourage you to try it out if you haven't. Google Reader is gone, but there are apps like on the desktop for um, for RSS. Now I use an app called Feedly, and one of the nice things that Google Reader had going for it, and Feedly also has going for it, is that you can set up like when you subscribe to something in Feedly, um, you can export or like Feedly sign in in other RSS apps lets you um basically say okay i want to list the like i have my list of 20 or 30 websites that i want to follow and feedly will track which of those stories or web posts or whatever that you've read um by scrolling past them or clicking on them in in any of the apps you use and you can sign into most rss apps through your feed through a feedly login so it's similar to um similar to services like twitter where you can have a third-party application that that does and reddit and all that it does track what you've read and like where you've commented and all this stuff. And so I use Feedly on the desktop, which which is like where my subscriptions are housed, where I, I can actually see them. And then on the iPad and iPhone, which is where I do the majority of my RSS reading at this point, um, I use an app called Net Newswire, which was gone for a really long time. Um, it kind of in disrepair or not being updated. And then it was, it has a, this, this app has a long history, um, which I'm not going to go into because I haven't really been following it for that long, but basically it was actively developed for a long time. And then it kind of went away and was like sold and then was brought back by the original developer um, or like the name and concept was brought back, bought back by the developer. And so they put a bunch of new work into net newswire and re-released it as an iOS app and a Mac app. And honestly, like I really love that app and I'm, I use it literally every day now. It's actually really weird describing how RSS apps work um, in the context of today, because can you imagine, can you imagine a world on Twitter where you actually only saw stories that you were following? And like when you, once you had seen a tweet, it just didn't show up for you anymore unless you went back to the, like, or unless you toggled off unread or something like RSS is so powerful. It's so good. And I can't believe Google Reader was killed. Um, it, again, if you haven't used RSS, go and use it. Like what, I, what I'm trying to describe here is the concept that you're not being pushed. Like RSS is never going to push you to spend more time with it. Um, all it's going to do is show you the number of stories that are still unread in your in your feeds. And once you have read them, unless you want to go back and look at them again, like you have to, you have to actually go in and like basically open the filing cabinet and run through the thing, um, run through the, the different articles to find the one that you had already read because it's gone. Whereas on Twitter, it's constantly like reshuffling things on you and trying to inject extra stuff into your feed to keep you on the site longer. Like it's RSS is the antithesis of the modern web. And I love it for that because the the world of like algorithmic timelines and all that is just so it's so frustrating when what you really want is just a list of the things you want to read and from the sites you want to see there's so much going on on the web like if you've ever especially on mobile devices these days if you've ever gone and read a news story from something that's like that anything lower than like the new york times or um i don't know the the globe and mail i think even probably some of these bigger businesses do this but like if you're going down a story you it's like a let's say it's a 12 paragraph story um they'll give you the first two paragraphs if this is if there's no paywall um they'll give you the first two paragraphs and then there'll be an ad interspliced and then another paragraph and then an image and then a paragraph and an ad 
and then another ad and then a paragraph and maybe a second paragraph and an ad. Like I spend more than half my time reading an article, scrolling past ads, thinking, is this like, did the article just end or is there more down here? And like some of the ads are actually more than one screen long. And so you're like, or like there's more than one ad. So you have to keep scrolling. It's like, what, what has happened to the web that this is necessary? Um, are people like, is nobody subscribing to any kind of news that we need this to be the patterns that need to be used in order to get people to, um, in order for the web and journalism and, and that kind of content to be, um, subsidized enough to actually be possible because that's that's really sad um it does kind of seem like that's the case but honestly i would so much rather subscribe to two or three good publications like pay decent money for two or three good publications and read them through rss only like that that's the dream for me right there um i'm gonna leave it there for now if i haven't i, I feel like i've not done a good enough job convincing you to use rss but Honestly, if you haven't ever used it, give it a try. Um, and if you have used it, if you used it a long time ago and find the algorithmic timelines on social media to be like the worst thing for you, I honestly encourage you to go back and try RSS again if you did try it. So um, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks very much for listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.